Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas. Here's some sports news for you. Four Big Sky Conference teams remain in the top 10 of the most recent Stats FCS Top 25 poll, including Red Hot Sacramento State, who defeated its third strength ranked FCS opponent, this time dismantling number five Montana 49-22 behind quarterback Kevin Thompson's 419 yards of total offense and six total touchdowns. That individual performance earned Thompson the Big Sky Weekly Offensive Award for the second straight week and earned him the FCS Stats National Player of the Week honors. It also helped Sac State jump from 15-7 to in this week's national poll. Behind this league season high of 328 yards rushing and four touchdowns from sophomore Josh Davis, the co-Big Sky Offensive Player of the Week, Weber State posted a 51-28 win over Northern Arizona to hold at number four in the polls. Montana State was off last week but still moved up three spots to number nine, headed into Saturday's game at North Dakota. Montana fell five spots to number 10 following their first conference loss and UC Davis number 22 this week after holding on for a 30. 325 victory over Southern Utah. And finally, Montana head coach Bobby Houck reiterated that Grizz senior quarterback Dalton Sneed is doubtful to play in UM's rivalry showdown against Eastern Washington Saturday. Sneed is one of the leading candidates for Big Sky Offensive Player of the Year. He suffered a lower right leg injury against Sac State. This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. The answer, very. Tutel Nuanas on 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you want to call, 329-1899 is the number. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. We are happy to go now to that phone line and welcome in the beat writer for North Dakota from the Grand Forks Herald, Todd Miller. Todd, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, good to hear from you guys again. Yeah, happy to have you on, Todd. We appreciate it very much. And you have uh, been covering this North Dakota football team, North Dakota Athletics, for quite a long time. Bubba Schwaggert in his sixth year uh, there for UND. What's it like? What What has he brought to this program uh, there at North Dakota, particularly over this last couple of years of transition from one conference to another? Yeah, I think when, when Bubba Schwaggert took over for Chris Mussman, um, he, he brought kind of a stability in terms of uh, he kind of had in his mind what kind of 
kid he wanted to bring, uh, how he wanted to engage with the community. Um, you know, what, uh, what he would probably say is kind of bringing back some of the, some of the staples of, of UND's Division II success that kind of got lost during those awkward Great West Conference years, early Big Sky years. Um, that was a difficult transition, especially after the other Dakota schools, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, you know, made the eight-year head start that they had or whatever, however many years it was on North Dakota. Um, that was a difficult transition, and, and I think uh, Bubba's kind of, um, you know, implemented the, the, the type of uh, program he wants here. Tell us about the transition, because it's been something that's been uh, sort of interesting to follow. North Dakota uh, reaches a peak in 2016, winning the league in football. Great success in women's and men's basketball. Both the men's and women's basketball teams went to the NCAA tournament uh, during uh, that three-year span there. Uh, But then North Dakota decides to, for lack of a better way of saying it, follow North Dakota State into the Missouri Valley Football Conference, into the Summit League in basketball. What's been just the feeling around Grand Forks, Tom, when you talk about transitioning out of the big sky into a league that has some of the more traditional rivals for, for UND? I think there's, you know, there's two sides of it. One side says um, there's more travelable road games. Um, you know, there's that established history with North Dakota State, with South Dakota, with South Dakota State. Um, you could even make the argument for Northern Iowa. Um, you know, I think reestablishing those rivalries and, um you know, that makes a lot of sense to a lot of people. Um, I think the concern as UND transitions is, you know, at current state, you know, it, uh, it, it's a tough thing to sell to your fans sometimes. If you're going to go to Missouri Valley and from the jump, you know, you could be fourth fiddle in the Dakotas. Um, you, know, you can make the argument that it'd be third fiddle, but, uh, you know, that, that's a difficult thing to say that, you know, you're going to go into the Missouri Valley and it could be, it could be an uphill climb. Uh, at least early, and you know, have you seen uh, anybody transitioning into transitioning into any conference? You see some of these first couple years struggles, even UND into the Summit League and some of these other sports. Um, I think it takes a, a year or two to um, adjust to uh, different opponents, different travel destinations, all those things. We see it here in Montana. We see it across college sports. The arms race is a real thing, even when you're talking about relatively small schools like Montana, Montana State, North Dakota, North Dakota State. But it seems as if the arms race has been even accentuated in the Dakota schools. You talk about the facility renovations that everybody's been able to do. I know UND opened an indoor practice facility a couple years ago. Uh, the full cost of attendance that Missouri Valley schools, as well as the University of North Dakota, is able to offer. What other things has North Dakota done to try to prepare itself to compete with uh, some of the most powerful programs in the FCS? Yeah, I think in, in the football world, it was really big to build that $20 million indoor practice facility. Um, North Dakota is able to spend a lot of time over there. Um, they can kind of dictate when they want to have spring ball, I think, is a big thing, too, um, with uh, with North Dakota's miserable winners. Um, you know, you were really pigeonholed into when you could hold spring ball um, just because of the availability of, of when you want to get out there and when it's going to be above, I don't know, 45 degrees, 40 degrees. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of really getting backloaded there at the end of the semester. So, um, you know, really important to build that facility. Um, it's a great thing to show recruits because they kind of don't want to show them their locker room setup and you know the coaches' offices. Some of those things that other Big Sky schools have uh, have boosted. Um, that's North Dakota's next big step in, in in terms of football is what they're calling high performance center phase two, um, and that's the coaches' offices. That's the strength and conditioning. That's uh, you know nutrition, academics. Um, they want to all have that house under one area attached to this new uh, $20 million indoor practice facility that's basically just a football field on a track right now. Um, they've added some seating, but uh, it's pretty basic. Um, and that's Bill Chase, UND's new athletic director. That's his big task right now. He knows that, um, I would say, within the next three to five years, uh, something needs to happen there or some sort of ball needs to start rolling there at the very least. Because, um, like you said, everybody else in the Dakotas is – is pumping it up, and that's not even getting into the basketball side of things where, where North Dakota's kind of trailed a little bit in terms of, of things that I've seen happening here in Vermillion, and, uh, you know, Fargo just opened up its new basketball facility too. Tom, 
Tom Miller joining us. Uh, he covers North Dakota for the Grand Forks Herald. And let's talk about this football season right here, Tom. Uh, North Dakota, 4-3. and three, uh, A couple of great wins, signature wins. UC Davis, Sam Houston as well, as good as they're playing right now. Looks like a great win. A couple of tough losses as well, of course, including North Dakota State in there. What does this team need to do to find its way into the postseason playing this year as an independent? Well, to be honest, right now they need to they need to beat Montana State. You know that's uh, you're sitting at four wins right now. Um, I'd say that you know most pundits would say that North Dakota had the um, most difficult schedule in the country. Uh, you know you rattle off some of their some of their opponents here, and um, so I think that seven wins gets you into the in, into the playoffs, despite the fact that it's twelve twelve game season. Um, I think seven wins does it, and so. Uh, North Dakota sitting at four. They closed the year with very winnable games against Southern Utah and Northern Colorado. Their other two would be this week against Montana State, next week at Weber State. Um, so you got to beat either Montana State or Weber State. Um, I, I think the one at home, obviously, with the way North Dakota's playing its home road split lately, um, this is a game that's, in my mind, playoffs or bust for North Dakota. You know, obviously, Nate Ketteringham transferring into North Dakota from Sacramento State. He's played really well, and as a senior quarterback, you know, certainly a presence on this team. But losing two or graduating two outstanding running backs from a year ago, the offense has certainly shifted a little bit, it looks like. What do you expect out of this matchup with Montana State coming in with a, a really good defense, some uh, obviously question marks at quarterback, but obviously a lot of playmakers as well on the offensive side of the ball, too? Yeah, you know, it's it's honestly tough for me to get a feeling for Montana State. That um, makes all of I us, Tom. <laughs> Nobody's got a I good think, feeling for it. And and maybe it's just my lack of understanding of some of their opponents. You know, I, you look up and down the schedule, and it's like, oh, what does that game mean? You know what? You know, I just looked up Western Illinois schedule, and they they're what zero seven. So it's you know you start to you start to try to figure out who Montana State is, and I'm having a having a hard time doing it now. Looking at this exact matchup, you know, when North Dakota was at peak health, I would say, or, or just during Bubba Schweiger's tenure, they're known for stopping the run. I would say that, you know, this particular matchup would really play in North Dakota's hands. Um, how this season has played out, and even just last week, the injuries that got racked up against Cal Poly, um, that's not going in North Dakota's favor. Um, they struggled to stop the run a little bit this year, especially um, to their past record. Um, and, and two of their three starting defensive linemen went down at Cal Poly. Um, so their thinnest position group just got a lot thinner, and I think that's going to be a really, really big challenge to stop uh, to stop the run of Montana State. Um, now, it sounds like it's going to be a very unique run. You know, I think where North Dakota's been in trouble in the past is UC Davis, Eastern Washington. They'll spread them out, and then they'll, they'll get you up the gut where – you know, Cal Poly was a different beast, and now Montana State appears to be a different beast. I don't, it, it sounds like Montana State likes to run a little bit of Wildcat, which is what North Dakota's been running, too. So, um, all that babble, I don't know if I answered your question, but uh, <laughs> it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. UND's defensive line is, is uh, Grand Forks' largest concern right now. North Dakota has gone through this transition where when, when Coach Schweiger first took over, he did a great job of getting a really good recruiting class right away. And, and John Santiago and Brady Oliveira and Keaton Studs, those guys all played forever. They were you know, four-year starters. And on the other side, guys like Deion Harris and Cole Reyes. Who are some players to watch now? Looking at the statistics, it seems like Donnell Rogers really has emerged as a leader on the defensive end. You mentioned some of the injuries they have on the, on the defensive line. I know that Mason Bennett, Jackson Turner have been productive when they've been healthy. Uh, offensively, Ketteringham is obviously the headliner, but it seems like they are running a little bit more spread stuff, throwing the ball a little bit more. How has UND changed both schematically and just roster-wise uh, now that they sort of have a, a new group of guys uh, leading the way? Yeah, so UND ended last year in a really poor note, just kind of nosedived into the offseason. Uh, Bubba Schweiger fired uh, offensive coordinator Paul Rudolph, who was more of a big personnel, fullback, couple tight ends, uh, pound the ball straight at you. Um let him go, uh, promoted Danny Freund, former quarterback at the University of North Dakota, very successful career, uh, was a position coach. Uh, he was either running back coach or quarterbacks. Uh, he kind of bounced back and forth. 
Um, he's the offensive coordinator, has brought more of a modern offense. Um, UND strength, you mentioned that they lost uh, Brady Oliveira and John Santiago. Well, kind of the way that Danny wanted to build the offense was, was going to be more of a spread look, but it was going to, it was going to utilize the roster to the best of its ability. And I think um, with that, the best, the best thing that UND's offense had going for it was three six-foot-four wide receivers um, who were pretty talented. Noah Wanzik, Travis Toivonen, um, Garrett Mogg. And, and, you know, I think Danny wanted to get the ball out to those guys quick. Um, it's had a, you know, differing success this year because Ketteringham got hurt week one against Drake. His backup senior, Andrew Zimmerman, who started his career at Eastern Washington, came in. He got hurt week three against Sam Houston State. Enter uh, true freshman Tommy Schuster, uh, who led UND to victory against Sam Houston State. Um, Kettingham came back week four. Um, so as you can see, there's been some uh, been some kind of uh, roller coaster at quarterback here this year. Um, with that, UND has used Brock Boltman, uh, a former quarterback, who was moved to wide receiver in the spring. They've used him as a, a Mr. Everything. A, a Jason Hill of the Saints um, would be the would be a common comparison, which I, I think Montana State fans are probably familiar with uh, in terms of what it sounds like they're doing offensively. So uh, Brock Boltman has been the, a major X factor for this offense, and I would say is North Dakota's best player. Um, defensively, like you said, Danell Rogers and Noah Larson inside. Um you know, they'll rack up the most tackles in UND's 3-4 defense. And, and on the outside, uh, Jackson Turner creates the most pressure at outside linebacker. Um, Mason Bennett um, injured his hamstring against Cal Poly, and I'd be very surprised if he went uh, went against Montana State here. Tom, this is going to be a great game. We're really excited about it. We appreciate you joining us and uh, giving us a little insight. Tom Miller covering North Dakota for the Grand Forks Herald with us uh, here this afternoon. And, Tom, before we get you out of here, we got to tell you, Congratulations whenever your new baby comes. I know your wife is uh, uh, almost ready, and so if it happens on game day, so be it. But uh, congratulations, my friend, and uh, hopefully being a new dad treats you well. I appreciate that. Like half of uh, UND's defense, I will be a game-time decision. So, <laughs> um, I may or may not be there. Yeah, well, very good. Yeah, you attend to the child first, and then, uh, you know, <laughs> the football game will get played, and you can cover it on, on afterwards if need be. But, yeah, congratulations on that, and appreciate you joining us, all right? Absolutely. You guys have a good day. Thanks. Tom Miller covering North Dakota. And uh, game kickoff at noon Central time, right? So 11 a.m. Mountain time, if I'm correct on As that. As Jeff Choate said. He's sure that all the students at North Dakota will be shotgunning beers or whatever they do or what, over there as a direct at 6 a.m. is yep. what he said. Yep, yep. As if it's any different in Bozeman or Missoula. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they might get started earlier in, uh, in Grand Forks because they often have such uh, such earlier kickoff times. Yeah. It's an interesting deal because Montana is an agricultural state, but especially around uh, eastern Dakota, it is so agricultural over there. I follow Bubba Schweigert on Facebook, and he always sends out Facebook invites to people to come to the games. Everybody that's his friend, he sends it out. It's pretty funny. Very engaged coach, such yes. a, the nicest guy ever. But um, <laughs> he was talking to us. So we'll play. Uh, we had an interview with him earlier today. We'll play it later on this week. But uh, he was saying the crops are a little bit different this year because they've had such a wet fall that people have been having a hard time actually harvesting. Right, and that he's worried about having a nice day. Or people can get out and harvest. But either way, Montana State coming to town, I think that'll draw a good crowd. I would think to so. The Center, well, yeah. and and again, as as uh, as Tom just told us, he thinks that the postseason is riding in the balance of this three hours on Saturday for North Dakota. Uh, and I don't know that it's that strong for Montana State, but it's still a huge game, especially coming off a loss for the Bobcats as well. Well, it's also interesting because the Big Sky gave every team in the league two rivals. When they did this expansion, two teams are going to play every year. And until North Dakota left the league, Montana State's other rival besides Montana was North Dakota. And these two teams, these two programs, from the last couple of years of the Rob Ash era, it threw in the first couple of years of the Jeff Choate era, have had some knockdown dragouts. Like the game in 2015 when Montana State went there and scored 38 points and still lost because that was the year that their defense was just up in flames. That was a game that then set the tone and... You know, you could also say that 
probably the most heartbreaking loss that sent Montana State into a spiral to start the Jeff Cho era in 2016 was a Montana State loss at home 17-15. And again, they should have won if they would have won that game. Who knows? They probably wouldn't have had, or they obviously wouldn't have had the six-game losing streak, but it could have altered the momentum. But then in 2017, arguably the greatest game of the Chris Murray era at Montana State, Montana State goes and just whips North Dakota, and then they didn't play last year. So this is sort of a final farewell of a little mini rivalry. So I think it should be a highly contested affair because on paper, these two teams are they're interesting matchups because they both like to run the ball and stop the run. It's going to be a game of toughness. Both head coaches really like that style of football. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Warner. Here's some sports news for you. Just let me just turn that down. Okay. Four Big Sky Conference teams remain in the top 10 of the most recent stats FCS Top 25 poll, including a red-hot Sacramento State team led by two-time reigning league offensive player of the year. Sac State def- defeated uh, the Grizzlies on uh, Saturday. They were the number five team in the nation, Montana was. 49-22 was the final score of that. Kevin Thompson, he had 419 yards of total offense and six total touchdowns. That individual performance earned him the Big Sky Conference Weekly Award for Offensive Player of the Week for a second straight week and now also the National Player of the Week from Stats FCS. It also helped Sac State jump from number 15 to number seven in the weekly poll. Behind a league season high, 328 yards rushing and four touchdowns from sophomore Josh Davis, Weber State posted a 51-28 win over Northern Arizona to hold at number four in the polls. Montana State was off last week but still moved up three spots to number nine heading into Saturday's game at North Dakota. Montana fell five spots to number 10 following their first conference loss. And UC Davis number 22 this week after holding on for a 33-25 victory over Southern Utah. Classic. October the 22nd. What a great day for it. Looking out the window, Coulter, does it, could it look more autumn than that with the sun and the clouds, the leaves falling? Pretty beautiful place we live. Great spot. Uh, it is Tutel Nuanas, 1290 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83, and see online at kurtzpolaris.com. If you want to listen live, you can do it on the stream. The stream is available on our website, 1290ESPN.com. You can listen anytime you want to, 24 hours a day, including to this show every afternoon from 4 to 6. The uh, stream brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Before we get into this baseball game, so uh, let's register some people to win. Well, the greatest prize you could ever win. You know, we need to have a little caveat with this. I think. I think next year when we do this, we have to say you win a kegerator from Fred's Appliance. Yeah. You win a keg this year coming from Great Burn, and you win an obligatory Sunday afternoon with us. Yes. If you want it, great. If you don't. 
too bad. We're coming over to drink your kegerator. Usually the terms winning and obligatory don't go together, but in this case, they certainly would. You would win a requirement to have us at your house. That's just once. Yeah. That's what we would like. Yeah, just once. We're not going to drink the whole keg. Just most of it. Just Yeah. Your half and my half. <laughs> Heck, if you let us come over, we might even buy you a second keg. I mean, you never know. I just want to have a kegerator at my house. That just seems, seems so great. The kegerator, too, man. It's, uh, you know, it's great because it's all, it's all, you know, there's different uh, pressures and things, you know, that are there are on a keg, and you got to kind of get it right, and then you got to, you know, you don't want it to, you don't want it to be flat, you don't want it to be too foamy. This thing controls all of that stuff. It's a sweet, sweet setup. Anyway, uh, we are doing the word of the day. Uh, we were going to do it for the next couple of weeks here. Word of the day every single day. And you're going to text the word of the day to the following phone number, 400, uh, 406, excuse me, 200 406, you're familiar with that area code? Yes, 406, 200-8184, 200-8184. The word of the day today, aptly, World Series. The word of the day is not aptly. The word of the day is World Series. To 200-8184. Texas right now, you will be entered to win a uh, keg and kegerator, keg from Great Burn Brewing, and a uh, kegerator from Fred's Appliance. Coulter, it is the World Series. We are uh, just over a half an hour from first pitch in Houston, uh, the site of one of the great moments, I would say the greatest single moment of the season when you talk about a walk-off, game-winning, series-winning, pennant-winning home run. Uh, from Jose Altuve off of Aroldis Chapman, and the Houston Astros are uh, in business, and they're where a lot of people predicted that they would be. But you never, you're never there till you're there, and the Astros are there in the World Series against a team that was always the team that had the talent to do it, and then when they end up losing their most talented, certainly their most known off, you know, player that's that's not. You know, Max Scherzer or Steven Strasburg. Off goes, uh, 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 who, what's his name? I've already lost him. Bryce Harper. There he goes to the Philadelphia Phillies. And what happens now? The team all of a sudden shows up in the World Series, the Washington Nationals. So, uh, a, a very interesting thing, a team of destiny in the, uh, on the side of Houston or of expectations, maybe, and a team of destiny in, in Washington, it feels like, uh, going against each other in this World Series tonight. Uh, the Astros are certainly a home favorite in this one. One and a half runs, if you're tracking at home. Uh, they are favored to win this baseball game. And Coulter, I, I don't know, man. This is this makes me feel like there's like a big kind of a trip a little bit. You know what I mean? Like where you you talk about the Washington or the the Houston Astros are the better of these two teams, okay? And and by and large, I think you would say that, but. Washington, the way that they got here, I mean, they were losing and had lost the wild card game to Milwaukee and scored three runs in the ninth inning to, to or in the eighth inning, I guess, and hold on in the ninth to steal that thing away for three. Then they go play the all powerful Los Angeles Dodgers who've been in the last two and everybody got the Dodgers in that game seven on the road and they go back to back home runs off of Kershaw of all things, and then have a grand slam in the, in extra innings. I mean, it's just, it's remarkable. And then you, and then they just mow through St. Louis and, you know, sweep them and sitting there, you know, resting. And we wonder how much that helps or hurts a baseball team that's so accustomed to playing basically every day. But this is a team that all of a sudden you go, whoa, what are, what are we dealing with here? All of a sudden they lose Bryce Harper, but with Rendon and that, uh, 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 line up the rotation that the Nationals have. Maybe this is a team that has more going for you know these you know, the little magic sprinkled in there. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. 
The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. So It's an interesting phenomenon across pro sports because this is not the first time this has happened. There's been so often when... Uh, franchise is built around a guy, and then that guy leaves, and then the franchise thrives. And I thought it was pretty funny that the Nationals decided to throw shade at Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, during his introduction press conference to the Philadelphia Phillies, said, we can't b- wait to bring a title back to D.C. It was a great and also unfortunate Freudian slip. Yes. The guy is you know leaving the franchise where he first made his name. Well, he first made his name when he was 15 years old, and he's pounding the back of Tropicana Field. I think the longest home run ever hit in Tampa Bay is still Bryce Harper with a metal bat when he's 15 mm. or 16 years old. But hey, Bryce Harper was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was a sophomore in high school. So it's not as if he needed the Nationals to build his own brand, but it was the team that he played for perennially and was a perennial all-star for. So an unfortunate but also hilarious Freudian slip. And... Then when they made it to the World Series, the Nationals' Twitter account put out a tweet that said, we can't wait to bring a title back to D.C. with a little smirky face. <laughs> right. It's uh, pretty funny, uh, especially because Bryce Harper did, in fact, spurn the Nationals. Mm-hmm. But it's a good story, man. And the thing is, like, since the Nationals, since the Expos transitioned to become the Nationals, there's a couple guys. I mean, I remember when Ryan Zimmerman was their first draft pick. And he's still on the squad. He's still starting on the squad. Right. So they have dudes who have been through it. Forever. Uh, but it, it's interesting that I guess Ryan Zimmerman no longer a starter, but he's gotten some at-bats during this playoff run. Uh, but it's just interesting that um, oftentimes when you almost reach the mountaintop and you can't quite get there, then you fall down and it's all over and you're never going to get back to that point. But I always think it's cool no matter what franchise it is, no matter what sport it is, when teams – keep knocking on the door, and then finally have the breakthrough. And I do think it's a real factor. Like you said, the Astros are the better team. The Astros have one of, if not the best, starting pitching staffs in baseball. They have an electric offense led by very charismatic, very confident guys who are all seem to be very hot right now. I mean, the only way you could outdo Carlos Correa's bat-flipping right. walk-off home run was to have one off of Raldis Chapman to win the pennant. Right. I mean, it's an all-timer it's by an Jose. It's an all-timer. Jose Altuve. And that's not to mention Alex Bregman, George Springer. I mean, they have a lot of brand-name guys, a, a wicked offense. I mean, they won 107 games. I think that that was one of the top 20 win totals in the history of Major League Baseball. But it does seem like I mean, the fact that the Nationals were clinging to their lives uh, you know, mid-August and their their bullpen was a mess and they don't have their superstar anymore and they ride the ship, they won the wild-card game, and all of a sudden now here they are in the World Series – it seems as if they just have the magic going for them right now. So I think that's what makes this a compelling World Series because you have a team that's been riding the magic quite honestly. I mean, the thing that's so cool about the Astros is the way that they've been riding, just the enthusiasm of having fun. I think you could argue that the Astros are, have, have had more fun as a collective group over the last three years than almost anybody in pro sports. And the success that goes hand-in-hand with that fun has been so cool to watch. But the magic that the Nationals have coming into this thing, I think it makes it a very compelling World Series because of that. It is. And and uh, and th- here's what's interesting to me about Washington. Washington was the snake bit city, right? Totally. D.C. Couldn't get anything done. 44 <laughs> years. still got that downtrodden NBA franchise and the dumpster fire that is the Redskins. But at least half the city, or half the pro sports teams there are, are riding the ship at least a little bit. Well, not a little well, bit. Well, a huge for the Capitals. Cup and a World Series appearance at this point. And so, is it enough to I I just is I just, it enough to overcome the dysfunctionality of the other two? Though no, it is not. Nothing on earth is enough to overcome those two. But here's, I guess, my point is just is simply this: is that for a a team that always underachieved in the postseason, given the talent and the expectations that they had, which was also sort of carried by and the weight of the city in that respect as well. Like Nationals fans in the city of Washington, D.C. would just you could feel like, okay, when's the implosion coming? We're really good, but what is going to keep us from, quote, summiting the mountain this time around? And guess what? It was a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy, and I do think 
that there's there's just added pressure that other teams don't have. Like if you end up behind early, other fan bases for the most part don't go, oh, well, here we go again. Not going to win this one. You know, but in D.C., that is what would happen. And then all of a sudden, when the expectations weren't what they were and uh, your $333 million player whatever heads to Philadelphia, this is the year that it all comes together. And when you're behind, you have the breakthrough. And then when you go up against the best team, you find a way to get it done on the road in miraculous fashion. You know, that and then and then to sweep the Cardinals, I mean, that is impressive. I mean, the, the Cardinals are are a, a good team. They're probably not as good as the Dodgers. You know, that's probably the, the tougher team of the series. But still, to sweep an NLCS series is significant. I just don't know. I mean, I, how, how many days has it been since the Washington Nationals have played a baseball game? Five, six days? I mean, it's, it's... Which this time of year... Well, not this time of year. All the times of year in baseball is a long break. Right, and because it's another... It was a day longer than it was even supposed to be because the day there was a, a night in Yankee Stadium that was postponed because of weather. Uh, so they've kind of been waiting it out here. The good news is they got the rotation in order. And this is the thing about this series that I'm most excited about, man. Max Scherzer, nobody goes harder than Max Scherzer. I mean, this guy is the ultimate competitor, the ultimate, I mean, he's, you know, obviously uh, an unbelievable talent. I mean, I love Max Scherzer, but to watch him go out there and take the mound in the World Series is going to be a thing of beauty. And for him to go against Garrett Cole, who has been, I mean, borderline unhittable, this is going to be a great deal. And when you talk about Zach Greinke and Justin Verlander for Houston and then backing up uh, 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 Max Scherzer with Steven Strasburg, this is, I mean, this is all about the starting pitching, right? And these guys, whoever can kind of go the longest, go the best, probably ends up winning that series. Presumably, there's one more, quote, ace on the staff in Houston than there is in Washington. But, you know, in a, in a series like this, who knows what happens? You know, we've seen it. We've, we've seen Verlander go out there and be a Cy Young Award winner. And then in the postseason, gets yanked in the second inning. You know, it's just these, sometimes this stuff is inexplicable. Other times, guys go eight innings of one-hit baseball. It's just, that's it comes right down to it. It's fascinating to me always the fact, the way you just said there, Clayton Kershaw is the one that gets knocked for it the most, and justifiably so, because if you just looked at Clayton Kershaw's career during the regular season, you would say this guy's one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And if you just looked at the postseason, you'd say this guy's a train wreck. Right. But it's it's always fascinating to me, the guys that are on the other side. Josh Beckett, once upon a time, mm. was the number one overall pick, and his career was by and large disappointing, except when he was in the postseason. When he was in the postseason, you're like, oh, that's why he were one of the great pitching prospects of the 1990s. He was lights out with the Marlins and the Red Sox. I think he won. Didn't he win a World Series MVP with each franchise? Either way, he was lights out in the postseason and pitched his team to – World Series rings. Yeah. Only World Series MVP with the Marlins, according to David. Thank you, David. Uh, but Madison Bumgarner is another one that if you just, if all you ever watched was playoff baseball, you'd say, well, that guy's one of the great pitchers of all time. And it's an interesting phenomenon when it's on the other side of the spectrum. Right, right. When guys step up and end up at the, at the precipice of everything in the biggest moments. Verlander has been on both sides of the deal. Verlander has such a fascinating career because yeah. I think that when he hit that peak with the Tigers and then he lost a couple miles per hour on his fastball, everybody thought, oh, he might be done. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden he got it back and he, he got all his stuff back and now he's at lead again. And and where is he at? He, I mean, Verlander is – do, do you think Justin Verlander is a Hall of Famer? Probably. And, and, if, and if he has a couple of good performances in this World Series, then he is. And he has had, uh, he has performed well in the postseason. He's just had an anomalous performance here and there, and that's all I'm saying is in any one game, you never know when a guy just doesn't have it. By the way, you you mentioned uh, earlier in the week, you know, uh, if it, you were quoting uh, Coach Fisher, if if anybody at any point <laughs> writes anything about me. And it says, at one time signed a contract for $75 million. I don't care what else you say about me. If it also says, at one point married Kate Upton, things have gone okay for you. <laughs> you know? How much of that is a part of the resurrection of his career? 
Well, I don't know. Uh, did it need to be resurrected? I don't know. I mean, it was. It, no, it's right. been up and down, but the down has only been in relation to like Cy Young level type of pitching. No, no doubt. So no doubt. No doubt. He's as good as it gets. Anyway, it's going to be a great series. Again, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer tonight, game one uh, from Houston. 6.08 scheduled first pitch. Just under a half an hour, we will have all of it for you right here on ESPN Radio, the World Series. We do every single year. Love it. Love it on the radio, especially. Quick break. On the other side, first night of the NBA season. How about that? Coinciding with the first game of the World Series is beautiful, and the season's overlap. We'll get into some basketball for the first time this year. Next. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. If you listen on the podcast, if you missed the word of the day to text in, you can still text it in off of that. It's okay. There's no time frame for it, you know, just uh, within 24 hours of the offering. Uh, well, what do you think, Coulter? Do you think that the basketball game? So it's it's Pelicans-Raptors uh, uh, in the first game, which is the only game. There's only two games tonight in the NBA. It's that, and then it's Lakers-Clippers. And I would say if it was Lakers-Clippers first, I would go with the Lakers-Clippers. But those that game is not head-to-head, really, with the World Series. There's a little bit of an overlap, but primarily the game that's starting at the same time is this uh, uh, Raptors-Pelicans game, which has got to be very disappointing for the tough week for the NBA when they got the whole China thing going on, and now they got this you know, their superstar that they built the whole first day around not playing basketball. Predictably. Perhaps. Hate to say I told you so. Anyhow... Um, what do you think? Who's going to do a better? Who's going to do better in the ratings tonight? I do think that there's a fair amount of people that'll just be scrolling through the channels that will go say, back and forth. Well, that also say, "Oh, Pelicans, cool," and not know Zion Williamson's out. Mm, I mean, maybe, but it's if they know who Zion Williamson is, which they do, it's not going to take them long to figure it out totally. and then be out. Maybe it is the defending world champions, although they don't have the. Uh, any of the stuff that got them to that it, point. It ain't the defending world champions. It's uh, just a team. I think that the Lakers-Clippers game will have high, more people watching it than the World Series. Well, yeah, but they're they're not going to be going against the World Series. I still think it'll have higher ratings. Okay. But, I mean, it's easy enough when all the people that were watching baseball are now watching basketball, along with all the people that were already watching How basketball. How have the ratings been this playoffs for Ooh, baseball? I have no idea. Sky high on the radio. That's what I know. But if you, baseball is the best sport on the radio, it is. It is. It's just. It's just too good. Here's what I think. I think the World Series uh, is going to do better than uh, than the NBA tonight in that first game because of it's. I mean, it's not an interesting game, really. I think there's you know there's still some good young players, obviously, and Lonzo Ball going to be playing for you know the Pelicans and that, and it is. Is this game, is it in uh, Toronto? If it's in Toronto and they do the whole, you know, banner raising and that, you know, that's a, a point of intrigue and of interest for people. But the actual game itself without Zion Williamson, I mean, it's amazing how much this loses in terms of its luster uh, compared to what it would have been if he would have been in there, you know? Comparing the ratings from the World Series last year to opening night ratings from the NBA last year, mm-hmm. 
the World Series is significantly higher rated. So, but I don't think we it should be. Yeah, but we haven't had LA LA power teams ever. Yeah, but I I, I mean. Again, it's a whole it's a whole different time slot, and they're not going against each other. I mean, I, I guess yeah, but also you just got to think about like the cultural aspects of this. I mean, I'm a huge sports fan who loved baseball my whole life, and I will watch the World Series tonight because it will be on when we go to our Osprey Appreciation Party, and I will not watch any more of it. Here's the issue, and I will watch the Lakers Clippers. But here's the other thing, Coulter. This game, Lakers Clippers, tips off at 10:30 Eastern. 10.30 Eastern, okay? So, I mean, I'm just, it's it's and the Nationals, by the way, are playing in the World Series. There's going to be a heck of a lot more people on the East Coast where there's a heck of a lot more people than there are anywhere else in the country watching baseball than watching basketball tonight. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Coulter, when it comes to the actual basketball season, do you have, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you want to make, like, picks or whatever, but do you have expectations other than LeBron James will somehow magically be in better shape than perfect? I just don't understand how you think that that's not a real factor. If you don't think LeBron James was worn down, you're you're making my point for me. LeBron James has, he is indestructible, and he reached a point where he became destructible and got hurt for the first time ever last year. Him being... If you don't think that rest and recovery is an essential part of being an athlete, you don't know what physical conditioning is. But that's my. You said he's going to be in better shape. He is. He's just. He's going to be, be strong. He's going to be stronger and more explosive. We're arg- because he's never had the chance to let his legs revitalize. He's going to have fresh legs. We're arguing do you believe over in, semantics. Do you believe in the concept of fresh legs? Because do you we, believe that if you have rested, you can run faster and jump higher? Because well, if you don't believe in that, you're just wrong. I mean, I don't believe in that because I've been resting for 39 <laughs> years and I'm slow as ever. I mean. The fact of the matter is that LeBron James's stretch of making it to eight straight NBA Finals is one of the great physical human achievements of all time. The lack of rest, the lack of revitalization he was able to garner during that stretch and then to continue to play at a first-team all-NBA level, it's truly astounding. He's never had the chance as a 30-plus-year-old to have a chance to rest. He's going to have more juice in his legs. Like, is his body fat percentage lower? You're right. I doubt it. Is, Bingo. Is the amount of oxygen he can hold in his lungs higher? I bet you it is. I bet you if you were actually to do the physic, the physiological testing of can his lungs hold more oxygen and can his blood carry the oxygen more efficiently, the answer would be yes. Your theory on the first 20 games of the season, I'm into it. Do you love it? I love it. The last 20 games of the season, which I'm presuming for LeBron James will be all postseason games? Mm-hmm. No. No. Doesn't matter. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. It just depends on if the Lakers are going to let him take his customary two-week vacation in January or not. Of course. The other thing, though, is that I just I think that we have – LeBron has gone and assembled these teams – and you know, he's played with all-time great players. Dwayne Wade's a Hall of Famer. Chris Bosh is a Hall of Famer. Kyrie Irving has the skill to be a Hall of Famer. If he can pull it out, maybe, I mean, if he can Get be, become right. unblind, he, yeah. he, he, he could be, he's a Hall of Fame level talent. Yeah. None of those guys are great fits for LeBron, the basketball player. Anthony Davis is. That's why I think LeBron James has a chance to be truly special. And, and Anthony Davis, let's be honest, is is more transcendent just individual talent wise than any of those guys. Absolutely. Too. And the other thing that this is the factor I've talked I talked about in the summer, but I think it's a real deal too, is that Anthony Davis is one of the most physically gifted players the NBA has ever seen. He he is a true phenom from his time in high school in Chicago through his time his one year there was a flash in the pan bright shining star at Kentucky to the being the number one overall pick, and he has produced at a, a individually excellent level throughout throughout his NBA career. There's no question. But he's also never had anybody to crack the whip. He's never had a great coach. He's never had a great teammate. When you get around fellow elite athletes, I think that LeBron is going to ignite a new fire in him. And so even though I'm saying all this stuff about how I think LeBron James is going to make a, a statement to the rest of the NBA, if you were to ask me, if here's a prediction I'll give you. I think Anthony Davis is going to be the NBA, the NBA MVP this Ooh, year. Ooh, look at you. I don't think that, although, I mean, if you're going to give one guy or the field, you'll always take the field, so it's not much of a thing to say that. It's good for you to make a prediction along those I, I just think that Anthony Davis has been a 28-12 and 12 guy for the last couple of years. I think he'll get a bucket or two extra, 
because he's got LeBron on his team now, that puts him into the 30 and 12 range, which is rare air. Very few guys have ever done that. And he's going to be able to do it very efficiently. Yeah. And I also think that what do we know about the NBA? Once you become the hot new guy, you can ride that momentum all the way to getting the MVP. But it's very, it's, it hasn't happened in the last four years where then that guy has been able to maintain that momentum. Russell Westbrook was the dude, old news. James Harden was the dude, old news. Now it's Giannis. It just seems like Anthony Davis has a chance to be that new dude, the new sweetheart, the guy that takes the jump that everybody really wants. Uh, here is the uh, starting lineup, projected starting lineup for the L.A. Lakers tonight. Avery Bradley. Okay. Danny Green. Okay. JaVale McGee. Okay. And then AD and LeBron. Now and You just named three guys that were better than anybody on the Cavs LeBron's last year besides Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. All I'm saying is, like, here we're, we're sitting here talking about the Los Angeles Lakers, and why not? Because they're great. They're interesting. The Clippers are the team to beat in Los Angeles. I mean, what they got in total right now as a, as a group beyond two superstars, and let's be honest, the two superstars in the Clippers are not – they're probably not as good as the two superstars. There's no the probably about it if LeBron James reassumes a top three level, which I believe he will. Well, yeah, there is a probably. I mean, there isn't. If you if you just say if he's the best player in the NBA, then he's the best player in the NBA. You're right. There is no probably about it. But I think there's a major question of whether he's the top three player in the NBA this season. Major question. But the point is, is four of the top ten, certainly maybe four of the top seven, are going to be those four dudes in those in that one city. I'm not ready with Paul George. Paul George is top 12, but he's not top 7. Hmm. Let's call it 10. But, but Paul George is also, I mean, we talk about this all the time, roster construction, knowing your role. Mm-hmm. Paul George is is if he's among, if, if not being the best, second best player in the league. Right. And... What are Paul George and Kawhi Leonard great at? Second best player on his team is what I'm saying. You know, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Being, a, being able to be a quasi-role player while still being a superstar. Like, well, Scottie Pippen is one of the 25 or 30 yeah. best players of all time, but he was great at being number two on his team. But they're elite defenders, both they of are. them. They are. The best. They are. So, so was, I'm so interested to see if LeBron James can reassume being an elite defender because uh, well, he was making some business decisions the last couple of years on defense, no, I'll tell you that. No doubt about it. All I'm saying is just give me the Clippers. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 